You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With a pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career. But look at him smiling. We go my back. Another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach, and we are a Carmelo Stanthony podcast, but occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Uh, Natty, how you doing? I'm good, dude. How you doing? I am doing well as well. Uh, it was a good day today. Relaxing. We're trying something new with the pupper, which is normally he takes like a lengthier afternoon nap, but we tried keeping him up then most of the afternoon to see whether or not that wears him out uh, and he has less energy in the evening time. So we'll see if it pans out. Well, Godspeed, dude. <laughs> My experience, puppies just manufacture energy. They do. They do. So we can put our best foot forward and ultimately uh, it'll fail. Uh, I want to get to All-Star Weekend because, A, we're getting close to the point where we're too far away from it to for anyone to care about our takes, uh, and B, because there's actually <laughs> a lot of... Uh, a lot of good and bad to talk about. But first, I figured we'd use the opening of the show to talk some fantasy basketball since uh, that's what we're all here for and throw out a few waiver darlings to target before the, quote, second half of this season. Uh, so, Natty, why don't you start us off? Who is – I've got three. I don't know how many you got, but who's someone that you are looking to, to snag off waivers uh, as we approach? It's not really the second half of the season since we have, like, what, 30 games left? But yeah. Still, I guess, post-All-Star break. Yeah, this is like all the narratives shift um, because we've had the trade deadline and now the teams that are out of it are going to really focus on different parts of their rosters, most likely. And you're getting some buyout guys. Like your boy Reggie Jackson just got bought out and he's heading to the Clippers. I saw that. Yeah, it is... uh... (laughs) Uh, it's just another good reason to go pick up Bruce Brown. Uh, Ooh, because is this he, just a perfect segue right into your first guy? Well, he wasn't uh, on my list. I also have three, but oh. uh, I'm just so fucking upset with the Pistons right now <laughs> that I'm. <laughs> uh, it's so depressing. Like, why is Doug Rose on this team? Like, yeah. out of everybody. He's the one I like the least because he's a bull and he will always be a bull. <laughs> uh, whatever. It's fine. All right. Give me your, uh, my give first, me your first dude. Yeah. Give me your first guy. My first dude is a guy that I drafted in a rookie draft oh, several years brag. ago. Yeah. Uh, except he's been garbage ever since then. It's the <laughs> mad monk Malik monk. Yeah, that was the real big. I loved him though. I just thought that he was going to be a great sharpshooter. Anyway, since uh, January 20th of this year, and the Monk is now coming off the bench, he is averaging 28 minutes point per game, 17.3 points per game, which is number one on Charlotte since the 20th, by the way. Uh, he's shooting 47% from the floor, 38.6% from three, 
He's getting three boards, two dimes. Uh, players on the season who have a similar stat line to 17-3-2 are Terry Rozier, Jamal Murray, and Colin Sexton. So the Monk, if he keeps coming off the bench and he, you know, continues just being a spark plug scorer, then he should be a good pickup for the rest of the season. Yeah, I like that, especially as Charlotte uh, continues to kind of make a playoff push. What are, what's their current seating? Let me bring up the NBA seating. Yeah, I was just looking at that. So uh, Charlotte is in the 11th seed right now. They're 18 and 36. They're behind the Bulls, who have 19 wins, and the Wizards, who have 20. <laughs> uh, Orlando's in the eighth seed. They're 24 and 31. It's not impossible. Um, yeah. But but, uh, but he was a young guy with a lot like... of pedigree, and so you're you're oh, excited yeah. to see the fact that things hopefully are starting to kind of click in in what his third season. I mean, that's the thing too, with these young players, like obviously there are some names that come out of college game ready. Uh, and there are other guys who would take some time to kind of find their footing in the N- uh, NBA. And when they suddenly, yeah. when things start kind of clicking for them, that's a great time to buy them. We've also written about the monk on fake teams before. And uh, he was just used so poorly in his rookie year. Um, and he just, the new regime in Charlotte is doing well. And I think this is a good move to put him uh, in a just go and score mm. um, sixth man kind of role. Uh, and, you know, Charlotte has nothing to lose, though they might have a really nice second half. Um, you know, the Bulls are still stupid. The Wizards, <laughs> who knows? Like, they, their defense is so bad that they can just lose to anybody on any given night. Uh, the Pistons... Uh, the Knicks, 17 and 38, could still possibly do it, but they won't, obviously. So it sort of seems like Orlando is the maybe the best team out of all of the teams maybe vying for the eighth seed. So I don't know. I like Charlotte the most out of those teams, though. Yeah. Uh, my first guy is Alfred Payton, who I love for two sure. reasons. 78% owned on ESPN. Uh, over the last month, he's averaging 8.5 assists and 1.9 steals, which are two stat categories that he is exceptional, exceeding in. He's tied for fifth in steals in this season and 13th in assists. And finding those two guys in one person, one neat package that's possibly available in your league, 78 is pretty high. Uh, but if you add 11 points and the 5.5 rebounds, you're talking stats that are only being replicated by LeBron, Jokic and Lonzo. Uh, So I, I dropped your boy, Jeremy Grant for, for Alfred Payton last week. I know it's shocking, but uh, I can't say top 30 over the last month. I I just have needed assists and steals. And guess what? Alfred Payton gives that to me in. He sure does. He sure does. Yeah. He's a nice little surprise on the Knicks. The Knicks (laughs) have looked less stupid recently. Um, (laughs) That's that's a bold statement coming from you. That the the Knicks Dude. should really take that to heart. Well, they should because they no longer seem like the worst run team in the league. That seems like the Cleveland Cavaliers now, right? Um, Especially since their coach is getting pushed out slash doesn't want to be there slash. I mean, from what I've read, Beeline chaos. doesn't want to be there either. Um, no one wants to be there. Yeah, I I had been optimistic for his hiring because I loved him at Michigan, and I thought uh, having 
a coach like that for their young guards would be a good thing but he like seriously hasn't worked out and the Cavaliers like they're going to get rid of the coach and JB Bickerstaff is there. He'll probably be the interim coach for the rest of the season. They might buy out Tristan Thompson. They traded for Andre Drummond and Kevin Love is still there. And it's like, even if Bickerstaff becomes the head coach, like, so what he's still like, Kevin Love doesn't like playing with the guards, you know, let alone like for the coaches. So I, I, I think there's a chance that they could end up as the worst team in the NBA this year. Hmm. But yeah, the Alfred Payton being on the Knicks, despite the fact that the Knicks are a big market team, they're a bad big market team, which often I feel like yeah. allows players to kind of slip through the cracks in fantasy and on the waiver wire because people sure. just aren't paying attention to these teams. Um, so he is someone who I think he, because he's not getting as much pub, uh, something you, someone who might still be available. And if he is go get him because he's putting up stat lines that are only being replicated by a few people. For sure. Dimes. Very valuable. This time. Very valuable. Uh, who's another guy you're targeting on waivers. Okay. Uh, I guess I should say that Malik Monk is 23% owned, so he's available. Oh, he's he is uh, my out next, there. Yeah. Well, because everybody's had a bad taste in their mouth since right. they drafted him three years ago. And it's now, fair. yeah. Uh, another guard, actually, I have three shooting guards. That's funny. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., 49% owned. Uh, he's 310 on the player rater for the season, so he's like top 125. His season line is 14 plus points per game, three boards, two dimes. He's shooting 40% from three on 6.8 three-point attempts per game. He has 143 total three-pointers made this year, which is 13th most in the NBA. Uh, 11 other players this year are averaging six plus three-point attempts and have a 40 plus three-point percentage, as does Hardaway. Davis Bertans, Duncan Robinson, the big cat, Boyan Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari, J.J. Redick, Evan Fournier, Brandon Ingram, Marcus Morris, and Landry Shamit. Uh, he's having a really good season, Tim Hardaway. He's kind 27. of out of nowhere, I feel like. Uh, yeah, so, 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 so quietly. And it's, uh, he might, his usage might be a little bit inflated because at certain points this season, Luca's been out, and at other points, the Unicorn's been out. So um, he's been a nice like third option on the team and uh he's just very very quietly had a very efficient season and like i said those shooting stats like not that many people are sinking threes like he is yeah so if you need a shooter go get him yeah the 40 percent while shooting almost seven attempts that's pretty nice that that's opening yeah. you up to like any given night he could just suddenly get hot and you're talking about a huge offensive performance yeah, I mean, some of these other dudes, like Gallinari, you know, like he, uh, Brandon Ingram, by the way. Jesus, what a yeah. fucking fantastic season he's having. Oh, my God. Oh, let's, man. let's all revel in the fact that you and I were on the Pelicans and on the Brandon Ingram resurgence train from the word go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because when when when, whenever you have so an opportunity cool. to revel in your own success, you have to make the most of it. Dude, and I was not really Alonzo believer, at least with this team, and he's been fired yeah. recently. Um, the team looks good. 
having said that, they're 23 and 32. The Memphis Grizzlies are in the eighth seed in the West, and they're 28 and 26. So it's definitely not impossible. Um, and Zion just looks. I mean, you almost have to root for a Pelican eighth. Seed. I mean, yes, the Grizzlies at the eighth seed would be a lot of. Oh, fun dude, too. Pelicans versus Lakers in the first would round would be amazing. We want. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the sure. only matchup you want in the first round. I'd right. watch. Who every cares about anything else? Yeah, I'd yeah, watch every second would, of that match. Yeah. It would have such a huge rating <laughs> for oh my a God, first be astronomical. Oh man, that would There's be great. There's so many so storylines. But that would mean Memphis doesn't make it. So right. which would be a bummer. But Memphis, you know what? You're you you'll have your way. Like you'll have a a long future in the playoffs. Like, don't worry about it. You know, you got a lot of young guys there. You got a good team well, coming. So will the like, Pelicans, hopefully. <laughs> I understand, but I need to see the Pelicans play the Lakers in the yeah, first round of the playoffs year. the year after they trade, they had a massive franchise altering change. It is the synchronicity of it all is like, it's beautiful. Really amazing. Plus you also I mean, have the four like, teams, the LeBron oh, passing the torch to Zion in a, like who's the biggest, most physical presence on the court that we all can't believe is so phenomenally athletic despite their size. Well, I'm still on the Giannis train for that one, but I agree. Like, there's no one has really looked like LeBron until now, like coming into the league right. anyway. He's just so big. It's crazy. And, and it's just as he had an equally impressive. I mean, like, he, I, I was listening to some podcasts where it's like Zion's first 10 games are just unparalleled by any. Like, I think the only, there's like three players in NBA history who have like matched what he's been putting up. Anyways. His we passing turn, is really good. We could turn like every podcast into a Zion podcast. We should. Zion and Mello. That's just... That's, that's the name of the game. They're, they should play together. I why hope they do why are we talking about anything else? Uh, the four teams that are vying for the eighth seed in the West are Memphis, who's currently occupying the spot, Portland, San Antonio, and the Pelicans. That's a nice four-team race. That is a nice That's pretty good. Race. I think... Like the West looked pretty shitty earlier this year, but the teams have sort of righted themselves. I mean, shit, even Phoenix is still technically in it, I suppose. Um, it is, and if Steph comes back, who knows what happens in Golden State? Yeah, I don't know if that's happening. Maybe though. I I, I don't want it to. Um, I'm still sort of pissed that Draymond's been playing so much, even though it's like very profesh and cool and sets an awesome example for the young guys on the team. And Dre's just a soldier. Yeah. I still like, if he gets hurt, I'm going to be so fucking pissed off. (laughs) Uh, You'll be very happy with my second player to go get on waivers. It's been a while since we brought up his name and demanded you to go at him. But Brooke Lopez continues to kill it and be ignored. Uh, I was amazed by this. He's the 37th player on ESPN's player Raider this season. 37. I, I hear he's at, pretty good. That's uh, so puts him ahead of guys like Joel Vucevic, Caleb, Chris Stapps, Paul George. He's 71% owned. Uh, and like Liam Neeson, Lopez offers a very particular set of skills, mainly three-pointers and blocks, something that rarely you find in one player. Uh, he's averaging 1.4 threes a game and 2.6 blocks, plus 4.5 boards and 10.6 points. Uh, I don't know what it 
is that you're talking yourself into not picking him up. I don't know why he's not closer to like 85% ownership, but he probably is available in your league and you probably should go get him. Yeah, he was shooting really poorly earlier this season, um, but he's been doing a lot better recently. And I sort of feel like Brolo and Marcus Smart both sort of suffer from some kind of weird zeitgeist anti. Like, they're neither of them are owned as much as they should be, and they give people really valuable stats, and they just, they're never owned as much as they should be. I, I, I sort of wonder whether it's, due to like the league the roster constructions across all espn leagues like maybe they just uh really negatively impact those two players for some reason but uh yeah it's it's weird brolo (laughs) is a big that gets you threes and uh everyone should have been owning him for the past three years yeah i i think i think that marcus smart is your really good point because it It's their players who give you a solid baseline across all stats, but they're not so, they don't stand out so amazingly in any particular one that you feel like they demand a roster spot. I mean, obviously 70% ownership, that's a good ownership. Like we're not talking about him being like under 15%, but the fact that he doesn't like, isn't exceptional anywhere. I feel like people or or they're like, Oh, he's a big man. And he's only averaging four and a half boards. Like, come on. That's not what, yeah. he, that's what, not what I need right now. But it's like, yeah, but 37th in player rating, it's those blocks and the, and his ability to hit threes can give you just a lot of value. Yeah. I mean, I suppose the fact that he doesn't get boards like a bunch of other bigs does, like colors everybody's perception. But if you of treat him. him as like a shooting guard, if you if right. you don't pick him up for the purpose of of boards, if you if you have a balanced enough team that you don't need boards from him, that if all you're looking for is scoring and blocks, I mean, two point six blocks on the season, and he I saw for the last week he's averaging like four, which is you know those those are numbers that are very hard to come by, like. Brolo is who I want Matisse Tybel to grow up into, mm. <laughs> you know, just like, like it. a dude who can get you multiple blocks a game and sink multiple threes a game because those guys are rare. And, um, Brooke Lopez is a big who can play with Giannis. And that means that you can't live in the paint and you right. have to be okay with that. And Lopez has never been a great rebounder, um, yeah. but he was a guy like in Brooklyn who was getting you 20 and 10 a night. So, He's always been a good player. He reinvented himself. Um, and it's maybe that's what it is, is that people thought of him one way and they sure. see the numbers and they're like, oh, like, well, that's not oh, what I was expecting. That. That's a good idea. But he's that's been doing fun. this for long enough. And also he has been like under 30% owned at times. Yeah. So. Yeah. That last season, especially last season, we were, we were high on him. Uh, who's your final guy that people should be adding off waivers? All right. Well, my final dude, I hope I'm not stealing him from you. He is 45% owned. It is Malik Beasley, the new two guard for the Wolves. Nice. He's 22, six and three since the trade to Minnesota. Um, He just looks absolutely fucking fantastic on that team. And everyone always sort of knew that he was good in Denver. And whenever someone would go down and he would get more minutes, he'd deliver. So this is a really nice 
um, but expected surge. And I think because everybody was expecting it, that's one of the reasons why his ownership has shot up so quickly. Um, or maybe it's just because all the Timberwolves fa- fantasy fans are like, oh my God, a good player on our team. Oh my God, suddenly someone we could have on our fantasy team that we support. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, um, so he just seems like a great fit there and it's awesome to watch. Yeah, I uh, I totally agree with you. He's definitely someone you should add. Uh, spoiler alert, he will be brought up in our studs and duds and not in a positive way. But oh my God, don't let that dissuade you from going to get him because you're right. Because we've seen Malik Beasley in the past thrive in a starting role and he just was never able to find that in Denver. And now that he has that in Minnesota, he's shown that he, he, he can run with it and give you a lot of fantasy production. So I love that addition. And I'll segue right into my third and final guy because they're, they're a w- nice one too, Natty, because these are two guys who got moved at the deadline who have, in the three games that they played with their new teams, made a huge impact. And my guy, 47% owned Jay Crowder for the Heat. Since joining mm. Miami, he's averaged 18 points, 7.3 boards, 1.3 assists, two steals on 30 minutes coming off the bench. Uh, and I like players, both in Crowder and Beasley, who teams made moves for, since it means they feel like there's a real role for them to take advantage of. And so, so far, Crowder has done exactly that for Miami, and he's very likely available. Um, and the Heat have, especially if you wanted, if you want to do a start and play, the Heat have a real cushy schedule this week uh, the, for the you know start of the second half of the NBA season, playing the Hawks and the Cavs. Uh, I think on Thursday and Saturday or something like that. So <laughs> Jay Crowder has a, has a, there's a real chance that the hot start that he already got off to with Miami is going to continue uh, into this week. I will say that Atlanta's defense might be better. Like it's true. they do it have Clint Capella. Possibly be worse. Can't possibly be right? worse. Yeah. Um, oh, and Dwayne Dedman. So <laughs> that will actually be an interesting game to watch. Um yeah, that's an awesome pick. Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder is like one of those solid players that just seems to have been on like two thirds of the teams in on the NBA. Yeah. yeah. But no, no, through no fault of his own. Like Shaq. Right. Teams kind keep of trying around. to get him. Right. Exactly. Like Shaq bounced around the league towards the second half of his career. And that was just because yeah, no he kept kidding. signing and, and all that jazz. Jay Crowder just was like signs of the team and then it another team is like, oh, we really want, he's exactly the player we want, trade. And then he'll hit free agency, kind of sign a nice contract. And then like halfway through the season, the team's like, oh, this is exactly the player who we want, trade. So here's the team he's joining. Let's let's look at the Miami Heat roster real fast. Kendrick Nunn and Goran Dragic, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, uh, Iguodala, Derek Jones Jr., Jay Crowder, Kelly Olynyk, Bam, and Myers Leonard. That's that's a tough team to play in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, Jay and Iggy being out there at the same time is going to be uh, like assuming Iguodala is actually himself and not With just a Jimmy buckets. That's yeah, that's a tough lineup to do anything on. Like that's that's real rough, and also they'll they will have the ability to like put Jimmy at the one basically and then run out like a seriously crazy, like it could be Jimmy Duncan Robinson, Iggy, Jay Crowder and bam. That's, that's a pretty tough, 
wave to go against. They're going to make noise in the, in the East, especially since, and we'll, we'll segue into all-star break uh, after we, we all have to take a quick break for some advertisements, but uh, especially since the all-star game kind of showed us maybe how you can slow down Giannis. Mm, I know. Uh, if but, you have like other incredible players, I, mean, I would just like to asterisk that. <laughs> there is there is a template there. Uh, sure. So we'll talk about the all-star break, but first let's take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, so the NBA All-Star game was... They added a whole new scoring methodology gameplay, which was basically for those who don't know or who didn't watch. Uh, it was first three quarters, you just play normal games, but the score resets after each one. And then you tally the total of those three ga- three quarters. And for the fourth quarter, add 24 to remember Kobe to the highest score, no time. It was first team to that total. So I think it was 57 was what it turned out to be so first team at 57 no time limit go and i have to say it made the fourth quarter not only wildly entertaining but it finally seemingly and solved the age-old question of how to make players care because it looked like a playoff game in that fourth quarter yeah uh which is to say like seriously messy and grindy and dirty and like people and caring and not like that beautiful offensively wanted the shit out of LeBron twice. Yeah. Yeah. And well, so- we said that they, everyone was going to play hard for Kobe and that's exactly what this fucking game looked like. Um, but and- even like the first three quarters were kind of like, all right, you get in the lane and defense just kind of like waves their arms and lets you drive by, you know, get the bucket. This the fourth quarter though it just it felt like a game much more than we've ever seen or at least I've ever seen from from an all star game or any kind of like celebratory in sports like the Pro Bowl is fucking garbage uh, <laughs> like I would love for the NFL to like somehow fix it like this so that you get a fourth quarter where and the and the playing to a score I thought was awesome because even though it eventually was one on a free throw which is kind of dumb we should amend the rules so that that hey 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 the university of michigan won a national title game on a free throw how dare you well i mean that's that's different that's you know that's still dumb (laughs) but uh but i love it i love taking the time restriction out of the way and it's just like let's go for buckets i mean lebron pulled up at half court trying to win it and if that had gone in that would have been incredible the coolest thing was seeing who lebron chose to have as his like quote unquote playoff closing squad. Yeah. 
because it was CP3. Of course. Um, it is. It was also fun to watch Team Giannis just go at Harden, which was ridiculous. Uh, Giannis's team maybe wasn't constructed that great, um, but well, it was like you, know, you looked in 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 the playoff moment of death, like Giannis's team. They would cut to LeBron's bench, and you're like, "Oh shit, man! I wish Jason Tatum or Luka Doncic was on the court right now." Like LeBron had all of yeah. these guys just sitting on the bench, whereas like Giannis, I mean, should Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam be? Should Kyle Lowry be there? But again, this like they were trying their hardest. Like they oh, chose yeah. the dudes that they thought could actually help them win. Um, I I also sort of feel like you know, did Luca have a minutes restriction? Mm. You know, or yeah, like because there's other stuff going on. Um, you know, this is an exhibition game, and while money for charity was at stake, and while reps were at stake, and while honor was at stake, because you're trying to honor Kobe, um, y- you know, like you're not trying to fucking hurt people either. I mean, so, I, I did love Nick Nurse basically playing Joel Embiid as much as possible. Yeah, I don't... Mild strategy there, I Nick. Like, I kind of... When that was going on, I was like, oh, shit, wait, Embiid in Toronto? Because Toronto's going to lose their bigs, and if Philly oh. doesn't do well, you know, and, like, Toronto I, could send stuff back. I would like to I would like to amend my Ben Simmons is the one who's going to get traded. It's Joel Embiid's the one who's going to get sent, get traded. Like, if you ran Philly, who would you trade? I mean, I had always thought that I would trade Joel because he seems to have the be the one that the fan base is most loyal with, but that seems to not be true anymore. And if I was looking at a pure player skill point, it would be Ben Simmons. I would build my team around Ben Simmons. I'd basically just create what Milwaukee has with Ben Simmons. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't break it up. Like they were one crazy bounce away from going to the Eastern Conference Finals, and who knows what happens then. Like I think you can build around those two. The the Simmons not being able to shoot threes sometimes gets hyperbolic. Um, you know the they're a dangerous playoff team when everything slows down in the postseason and when defense really matters a hell of a lot more. Like they're going to be incredibly tough. And I know everyone's down on them right now, but these are the dog days of the NBA. You know, like the oxygen has gone out of the room. People are a little bit bored. They're a little bit tired. And now that we've had this break, like I assume Philly's going to come out guns blazing and just hopefully harness how pissed off they are to remind everyone, you know, we almost made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. We were Kawhi's crazy, crazy, crazy basketball bounce away from going to the finals or to the Eastern conference. The Eastern finals, rather. Finals, that's true. Um, so Natty, what does Aaron Gordon need to do to win the dunk contest? <laughs> because last time I checked clearing someone who is seven, six and dunking the basketball, pretty fucking impressive. This just sort of reminded me of the Oscars best picture snafu from mm. Good. Look at you two years ago, whatever. Some some pop culture. The the judges fucked up, you know, like they had, they had all talked and were like, okay, well, we're going to let them tie so that we can get more dunks or whatever. And then someone screwed up. Um, I, I don't care. Like the dunk contest, much like the home run derby, like it's cool in the moment, 
but I absolutely don't fucking remember like most of the people that except won for the those fact things. that you there like there are dunks. I mean, I guess maybe it's more you remember dunks more so than like who has won but like you can't tell me you don't remember vince carter's it's over vince carter's hanging from the rim michael jordan going from the free throw line aaron gordon earlier on zach levine's battle like i don't it just seems crazy to me that aaron gordon put together like two of the best dunk performances we've seen at the contest and has yet to win any of them and the fact that the judges were like giving away 50s until it was crunch time they're like oh shit we can't keep giving everyone 50s uh, which I actually, I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons's podcast and he came, he just said that the dunk contest should just be scored out of a hundred and that just gives so much more range. And so you're not stuck on basically like every dunk is either a 48 or, a, you know, anywhere between a 48 and a 50. So either dunk, judges need to get more specific, 50 needs to mean more or make it a hundred and now you have a lot more leeway and you're not going to have this point where it's like we're in the finals and we're giving 50s to everyone it's like oh shit when aaron gordon does something amazing we're gonna have to give him you know a 49 because can't have another 50 well let me come at it from the other way and say that this was perfect because it encapsulates aaron gordon uh everyone agrees that he's good but he's not a winner so like he just (laughs) he like he has all the promise and potential in the world and all of it looks like it's been completely wasted in orlando he's still really young um everyone wants him to play somewhere else though except for orlando and uh he's i don't know like a a professional sports player shouldn't get this upset about nonsense awards you know, like it's Except a little for the fact bit. That these are all like hyper competitive people, and if you feel like you've been wronged, then you have every right to be like, "I've if been wrong." That hyper competitive, then you know, work on your game in the off season more, and like take a bigger hand in getting personnel. Like, there's, <laughs> I'm not Maddie, gonna cry Maddie for people has no sympathy in like for the skill contest <laughs> because I, while the NBA does the all star, does their all star game better than the other sports, it's still like complete exhibition nonsense so it's like it's supposed to be fun and if people start bitching and moaning about it then it instantly for me just becomes like oh well i don't care i'm not going to think about something so insignificant if you want to whine about it then you do that i don't care um i because uh, like i said like yeah we remember some dunks i remember mj's dunks but i don't know who won the dunk contest five years ago i don't know who won the home run derby five years ago I guess I could figure it out if I thought about it, but I I just, I'm not going to care this much. The all-star game is interesting to me. Everything else though, like the skills contest, I don't give a fuck. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but it's nice for the people that are there. Like, I think that it's, if I had been in the room when Gordon was doing this, sure. then I'd probably care about it a lot more because sure. it's much more visceral and you can see it. And obviously jumping over Taco Fall is crazy. Is like maybe a part of me just thinks that that's impossible. And so he cheated. <laughs> I mean, it is absurd. Like uh, the guy is seven, six, seven feet tall. That's fucking uh, ridiculous to be able to clear that. Uh, anyway, I just wish that, you know, <laughs> I wish that Aaron Gordon didn't feel like he needed to win this to have some kind of recognition well, he's stuck because in he can Orlando. be a good player. What's he going to do? Right, exactly. So it's like if he was almost anywhere else, 
like maybe he'd look yeah. if not better at least different because he just looks so boring down there now that's fair uh all right let's uh let's wrap up with some studs and duds for the week it's been a while uh but since uh since the nba is back we are back with studs and duds and and uh what do we got each week we have a stud uh someone who is going to have a strong fantasy week and each week we have a dud someone who's going to have a bad fantasy week and so far natty you have been downright throttling me uh you got 10 you're up 10 to 6 and i am getting crushed at seven and nine, uh, but I'm going to get to wins this week and get back to 500. I promise you that. And I will start with my stud this week, who will be CJ McCollum. Uh, I'm kind of speaking this into existence since he's on my fantasy team and you always nice. want him to have a good performance, but uh, he faces the Pelicans and the Pistons both at home. That's a nice schedule for me to come out for the break. Well rested. Let's see CJ put up some points. First of all, how dare you for saying that the Pistons are an easy matchup of yours? <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. God, I'm so torn. I want to see Portland in the playoffs and I want to see San Antonio in the playoffs and I want to see the Pelicans in the playoffs. I guess fuck Memphis. But yeah, I'm with you. I hope CJ uh, has a really good second half. Um, my stud, I'm just going with it. Fucking Zion. He gets to play Portland <laughs> and Golden State. So, like, God. see, this is this is how you are up on me. Is I'm like us. Oh, the Port, Port, the Trailblazers have a great have a have a great schedule, but I'm not going to pick Dame. I'll pick CJ McCollum. You're just like, fuck it, we're going Zion, whatever top ten player in the league right now. Well, Dame's injured, right? So That's CJ true. should have a bigger role and, you know, Mello should have a bigger role and maybe it'll just be, a, maybe we both should have said Mello. We should just say Mello and Zion for the well, rest Mello of the just year. Ever, for, yeah, just for the rest of existence. <laughs> uh, we also could have mentioned Bradley Beal who gets to play against the Cavs. And the Bulls. God, Whoa. that's nice. That's a, that's a good stretch for him. Uh, my dud, I already alluded to it. It's Malik Beasley. He had a hot start with the T-Wolves, averaging 19 fantasy points per game since joining them. But uh, he faces the Celtics and Nuggets. And the only thing I'm worried about is that he could have a revenge game versus mm. uh, Denver, which would ruin it for me. But both those teams, if you take away the revenge aspect, both those teams are very hard to put big performances on. So I think that he is going to cool down quite a bit for the remainder of this week. I love your reasoning, which is why I chose D'Angelo Russell as my dud. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, I think, I think people have kind of been talking some shit about Boston recently and, you know, they're going to be a team that is going to try to get, at least the second seed they're at 38 wins toronto's at 40 milwaukee's at 46 um so if they can get the second seed then they get to go up against like brooklyn or orlando uh whichever or you know some other like weaker team if they're the third seed though they'll probably go up against indiana i don't think they want that right um so I think they're just going to try to tear people to pieces and the Timberwolves while they do look new and are exciting also still suck. So, uh, you know, DAR doesn't play defense at all. And I think he's just going to get eaten up by Boston and then Denver. I just don't think that the T wolves can keep up with Denver. I think when like Jokic's numbers keep getting better and better and better and better. Yeah. And now he's he's looking like last year, Jokic. Yeah. All of that, all that uh, early season angst that people had about Jokic is dissipated. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like he looks like a monster right now. And they are in the second seed in the West. The Clippers are in the third, then Utah, then Houston, OKC, Dallas, then Memphis. It is, man, Denver, like Denver could get the number one seed in the West because the Lakers only have 41 wins. So if Denver goes on a streak, who knows? The West, the West is going to be fun to watch how it plays out. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the Clippers, like, let's say that they get Tristan Thompson. They're still sort of undersized. Like Tristan has played in the playoffs before and he's a very useful player, but you still don't have someone like as tall as Gobert. You still don't have someone who can really go up against, you know, Joker. Yeah. Like, do you have someone who can really go up against Hassan Whiteside? I don't know. It'll be a battle. No, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, like we, I mean, we talked about it throughout this show, but that, that eighth seed battle, the top seeds battle, it's all going to be exciting. Um, awesome. Well, there you go. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We are there, the Fate Team's podcast channel, so go find us there. Uh, make sure to leave a review. Give us five stars because you love us. Uh, and if you leave a review, drop a question. Ask us some uh, fantasy basketball advice, and we'll be happy to answer it on the show. Follow us on Twitter, at the Long 2 Podcast. We will be back at you next week. Natty, until then, enjoy yourself. Dude, enjoy the week, and uh, am I going to see you in the fake team's baseball draft tomorrow night? Oh, you're damn right I'll be there, not knowing nice. what I'm doing. This is, this is well, the hey, you should I'm read some it. of the fake team's fantasy baseball content, because it's been awesome baby. so far. <laughs> Have a good week, man. <laughs>